0: hello lucas oh i'm sorry are we are we doing our fake beginning hi gomer how are you it's good to see you hey, luke i've missed you oh i've missed i you. miss you too i really wish you didn't have a stupid wife and kids <laughs> i'm just kidding i love your wife that's so mean. then it
1: would just be us then it'd be just be us
0: <laughs> we, we could have a catching could you imagine If we were single and we had a catching foxes house, how dirty it would get. (laughs) Like okay, not I don't mean like college dirty. Like I just mean like grown up adult standard. Oh, this is kind of sad. Rectory dirty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be oh. The house the catching foxes built.
1: Yeah, does not exist Because it'll never happen <laughs> If we were smart We uh-huh. could
0: just put all of our Patreon on money over, that's, That was weird All of our Patreon money Into it we get a cool house out And say Over the Rhine yeah. Be cool with all the kids
1: <sighs> <sighs> C'est la vie What's up nerds Our friends over at CatholicCardGame.com Are making an online version Of our favorite card game The Catholic card game this online version will be able to be played on the phone or computer and people can play it together via zoom call not only that but they're launching a spanish version as well online so people can play in both english and spanish now what they want to do is crowdfund this sucker right they are raising the money in order to make this happen we're looking to raise $14,000 in the month of February. This is going to cover all the coding costs and the infrastructure needed to create not just an online game, but a good experience. The people that want to pre-order the game can go there, and for $20, you get lifetime access. This is not an annual subscription. One payment, $20, gets you that pre-order. Help them reach their goal. Go to the link in the show notes, and it'll take you directly to their website where you can help fund the Catholic Card Game online edition. See haba new. Once again thanks to Matt and all the other fine folks over at
0: CatholicCardGame.com for sponsoring this show. So, you know how we've got a pandemic and we've got a uh, the old ADHD thing going on here and all that good good stuff. Yeah. So sometimes I find that you know, um this is true for us in general, we tend to we tend to make jokes out of it. You are more so than me, but I I'm still this way a bit. Uh, I think during the old pandemic and people who have ADHD, sometimes you just latch on to certain things and you get really interested in them. Go on, and you do like a nosedive. You find all this weird subculture for all of these things, right? You know. Y- yes. So I've kind of become that with Disney's Vacation Club. <laughs>
1: How funny. And I've become that with gun culture and home (laughs) defense. (laughs) Luke, Luke, I was in Kansas City doing a parish mission last night. I woke up at 2.30 this morning to catch my plane to get here, okay, to get home. But all day Monday and all day, no, really all day Tuesday, uh, I watched probably no less than seven hours of personal self defense home defense and gun stuff. <laughs> I love Luke you. Luke, Luke. You do, Luke. <laughs> I cycled and spiraled deeper <laughs> and deeper. So
0: I've been listening to podcasts on grown men, grown adults talking about the Disney Vacation Club and points and how they do stuff and like what are your best options? There are videos, there are podcasts. It's a whole thing, man. <laughs> the <a> whole thing. <laughs> So what?
1: That's a whole thing. <laughs> this makes of all the things. Next, you're going to become a furry. I know it. I'm <laughs> no, waiting for no, it. it. it's not. You're that like, bad. listen. I was so excited to see Mickey Mouse. I dress up every day as a it's dog. Not,
0: no, okay. So here's the thing. It's it becomes one of those things where they have a rational point, and you go, Oh, I get that. That like that makes sense, and that's how it hooks you in. And then you're realizing you're hearing grown adults talking about their favorite dessert at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> but, then, but it starts with a thing that's very rational. You're like, okay, so this is where we're all not insane here. You're coming at this from a good point, and then all of a sudden, it quickly goes to. Grown men, mind you, talking about, like, do, do you like the Disney um, – is it like – what is it? Is it the um, uh, chocolate-covered Mickey thing, which sounds weird now that you say it out, out loud?
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, are these grown men – I don't know. Just going with each other, like their spouses or kids are not there. Just these other men
0: meeting up. No, yeah, no. They they have kids. They have spouses. They have partners. They're all sorts of different kinds of people. And I'm like, the stuff that they are talking about is somewhat expensive. Yeah. So, um, not there. They're they But it's a whole dude. It is a whole thing. I'm not kidding. I have two different podcasts on my phone. I watch two different YouTube videos. On, Of last night because I wanted to learn more about Bay Lake Tower. Oh, good lord. This is beautiful. (laughs) No, no, no. This is beautiful, Luke. No, it's not. Is it? I had a like I talked to Aaron about a thing. We had some big stuff we needed to talk about, but instead I just talked about this for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I said, here's how I think we should handle it. I've got a whole plan, a vacation plan for my family for the next 50 years. (laughs) I have a plan. And it kind of makes sense. I have a bug out bag.
1: I have a bug out bag. I have a bag in case the apocalypse comes. (laughs) I could just grab and go. I'm experimenting with different things. Like, do I put the chlorine tablets in there? I don't know. I'm scared.
0: I don't know. Actually, that's, that actually brings me up to like one of my other questions. If you feel like we have exhausted this topic enough, dude, Luke, I'm willing to talk more about the Disney Vacation Club. I'm not kidding. No, I,
1: I want to still, I want to go down this rabbit hole and see how far it goes. Okay,
0: okay, uh, okay. Now, Let's do it.
1: now, I know you have always been a Disney World fan, big time. Yes. Can I ask you a question? This is a very personal mm-hmm. question to me. Okay. Okay. You might offend me in your answer. It's fine. Has it's fine. your love for Disney World ever sparked an interest to Disneyland Oh
0: yeah no it started with Disneyland and it went to Disney World okay but will it ever go back? uh yes yeah I could see I don't think Disneyland would ever be a vacation per se it will always be a fun thing we'll go do um you know so for example anytime I'm in California on a trip, I always try to see if there's a way I can squeeze it in. That's so you funny know? to me. So I, I mean, love it. so but much. I've gone to Disneyland more times in the past ten years. I, okay, so I'm going to be honest. How many times have I gone? One, two, uh, three. I've gone three times in the past ten years. Is that right? That feels kind of low. I but I've went to Disney World once. So I've been to a Disney thing. I, so I've been to Disneyland. Um, in the past ten years, three times as much as they've been to Disney World. Yeah. And I I think I told this on the podcast, I almost went to Disney World by myself just for the night when I was there on a work trip. Aaron didn't want me to spend the money. Now we really regret it, it was right it was like a, it was actually a year ago, right now.
1: Oh <laughs> February. The golden age wanna- of
0: ignorance. I just wanted to – yeah, exactly. We were so young, so naive. I just wanted to <laughs> walk around the uh, Magic uh, Kingdom, go on, like, one or two rides. I'm like, I'll pay 120 I will pay $20 an hour if that's what that means. That's what I'm paying for. I'm fine with that.
1: That's so funny because I could never – that, like, sounds like the worst thing ever for me.
0: And it, it's – you know, and it's – here's – so here's the thing about it. Yes, sir. There's – Disney World. It's okay. I really like the creative part of it. Like I like the buildings. I like the whole. I like the production of Disney World. Right. Right. And it's not like I like to be. I'm sucked in and forget about reality. I almost like the. It's the experience of it. Like it's. It's almost as if you go to the. If you go to a your. If you go to a Starbucks, you know what you're going to get. But sometimes you go to a certain one because you just like the ambiance of it. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's purely that. Now there are rides oh, that I love. There are things. There are things. Oh, there are things that I enjoy, and I can see through the "quote unquote" magic. Like I see what they're doing, but that's half of the appeal. Yeah. Like I love on Main Street how they use force pers- force perspective to tell you a story as you enter and as you leave. I think that's so. I just I just think it's cool, and I like that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. it Sounds fun for. Sounds for so a, fun for a grown man. Sounds so fun.
0: <laughs> That's the whole point behind it. Walt Disney created because he wanted to play it. It was fun for kids and children. I mean, and adults. <laughs> kids and children. Oh, no. The cat is Sorry. out on the back. <laughs> no, but so you've been to Disneyland, though, a couple times, right?
1: Yes. I've been to Disneyland twice. Once was in a wheelchair. It was the greatest experience of my life. Did skip everything? Skipped everything. They took you right through the exit of every line, and you got on the ride as soon as it came up. You went up to two companions, maybe, but I only have my brother. Poor Chris. Yo, what's up, man? This is, this is dumb. This is dumb. Yo, what's up? I was just listening to some Limp Biscuit and some insane clown posse, and I'm ready to fight you and address this darkness within me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so, <laughs> I imagine that going, and I really like your brother Chris. I haven't seen him in a in a while, but every time that we hung out, I'm always like, Chris, you are great. Yeah, he reminds me as the kind of guy as who would strut around there, and he would like look like I'm too cool to be here. But when he was on a ride, would be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> like really enjoying it, like a little bit too much. Oh man,
1: is that right? Uh, I I don't know if that's right. I think he got into like a couple of the, the more adult rides, yeah, but he yeah. was, you know, he was 13 going on 30, you know,
0: and, yeah, sure, uh, okay. that he, makes he,
1: he was too cool for school when you are defined by your hatred. Yes. He was defined by angst, you know, Eminem said a best, right? Like the whole idea of, I don't give an F right. Like that was my brother as much as humanly possible for as long as humanly possible. And then one day, he woke up, the rehab worked, the man totally changed. Now he's an old man who just wants to be left alone with his dogs, his beer, and uh, I got him into fire, so now he's, like, super frugal, so that makes my That's heart awesome. happy.
0: It, it's been cool to see the journey that he's gone through, just three because, you know, it's all, I haven't witnessed it on a first hand, but I have witnessed your experience of it.
1: Yeah, and he's, he is, like, he's the cool version of me. Or I'm the dorky version of him, which is probably more likely. (laughs) Um, But he can walk into a room and talk to any person in that room. Yeah. And I was like, Chris, if you were a Catholic, you would be the co-host of EKSB with Dave Van Vickle and not me. Because you can just do it. There is not a single crowd that you can't connect with. And now the funniest thing is when I was growing up, my brother was into like metal and rap core and all right. of the hard stuff where it's just screaming mm-hmm. nonsense. And it just, like, insane clown posse and stuff like that just got harder and harder and harder. And I was talking to him the other day, and he was telling me about all he listens to is this one country musician over and over again. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's how it always goes. Want, what? <laughs> so so every so often, my Apple, iTunes, um, Apple Music uh, nineties playlist will come up and it's all the songs that like incubus and limp biscuit and corn and all this. And I just send him individual songs as I'm listening to him. And he's like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, you got, you were into this song, uh, all day long. I dream about <laughs> sex by corn. You used to listen to that all the time. It did not hold up. well, <laughs>
0: So funny. Oh, um, Corn is so weird. Hey,
1: can I tell you one good thing about corn? Yeah. So I'm doing a youth ministry thing, and this girl is talking about music that she likes, right? So she's – I don't know who this girl is. And honestly, like, if she were to walk up to me tomorrow, I'd be like, who are you? Get out of my way, nerd. No, I wouldn't say that. That would be what you would say. But uh, she mm-hmm. – she, was talking to a group of teens and she's doing that thing that I see a million times with teenagers where with their body language, right? They're wearing the black hoodie. Their hands are buried up to their elbows in the hoodie. And they're kind of like leaning back and forth on the sides of their feet. Like you can tell everything is exuding uncomfortable shell, like playful, but like uncomfortable. Like you can just tell that. And then she introduces what I know is going to be, like, she's sharing a little bit of her heart, and she's testing the waters. And everyone just stared at her and was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, never mind. And I said, no, what did you say? And she goes, I was just telling people if they really want to like a good band— uh, they should listen to Corn, and I go Corn with a K and a backwards R. Are you kidding me? The kids like Corn again, <laughs> and I was like, Did I just become cool? Please tell Thank me. You. 1990s Gomer just became cool again. And <laughs> she was like, did you, talk use, about this? did you? Did you listen to Corn? And I was like, Did I used to listen to Corn? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and they, it just ended there. But yes, yes, I did. <laughs> if you want to talk more about this, I'm willing to do that.
1: <laughs> if this is a conversation you would like to continue, I am your man. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. She felt affirmed for 2.8 seconds. And I'm like, how did oh. you get into corn? And she's like, well, my dad likes it. And I was like, nope, all right, see you later. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> Playing the old man card. I'm out. That's going to, oh, man. It's We're coming on that age where like people are going to start getting into, like someone is into corn because their dad liked it.
1: Yeah. Just wait like, until Everly ironically listens
0: to Five Iron Frenzy when she's 22. <laughs> she's like, This is very sad and depressing at times. There's a lot of weird angst here. They're pretty liberal, Dad. I know. It's great, right? <laughs> God is not an American, can... remember? Your freedom isn't free, so let me tell you what freedom means to me. <laughs> I love it. It's sticking it in my veins. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is the only thing that they have so oh, okay, how, how does it go? I can't hear the bombs bursting and I don't even care. <laughs> Sorry for my lack of faith, I'm not the greatest patriot. If this is all there is to freedom, I don't want it. Oh, I love it. I'm like, what do you want then? But also, I get it very, very much. It's so weird. Like this is can I tell you how weird US soccer fans are? Yes. So the bulk of them are like very, very left wing. Like very left wing. And I'm, you know, again, I'm more of your I'm a right of center, or kind of like right in the center, and certain things I definitely am on am left of center on. But um when it gets too left, I get like really uncomfortable. But I also like kind of get it, and within and the, and like you know, like on the left, you tend to have this whole anti-Americanism stuff that I I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah, I understand the sentiment, but I don't agree with it. If that makes sense. But then there's this um, one meme I saw where, where this guy said, "This is me as like a U.S. Uh, soccer fan." And it's all, like, anti-America. And, 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 like, then it says this guy scores a goal in the Premier League. And it's, like, he's in, like, an Abraham Lincoln outfit, has, the, has like, the declaration, has like the Bill of Rights up on his wall, has, like, a flag in the background with, like, an American Eagle in his room or something, you know? <laughs> just kind of this weird, like, I'm willing to go there. Like, it comes out of them when it comes to sports. Yeah. I just think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's
1: all right, so well, funny. Anyways,
0: that's so funny. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Well, it's like the
1: fact that like all the Apple commentators across the board are a hundred percent liberal, Democrat, progressive, all that, like in every way, shape, and form. I don't think I've come across a single like honest conservative person. You know, someone who's not afraid to like be out about their conservatismness. And it's not like I'm looking for that in my Apple like. No, it's, coverage. it's just a
0: fact. It's just, yeah, it's just but, a, yeah. Yeah. The
1: you like someone like John Gruber at Daring Fireball doesn't hide it, right? And in in fact, he loses people who follow his blog because even though I personally believe he's one of the most insightful people when it comes to Apple, he fills his blog feed with everything that he just has uh, you know, a gripe about against the Republican party or Trump or whatever, literally whatever it can be. And I'm like Oh my goodness, this guy just, it's like a straight, like, right from Rachel Maddow's mouth right to his blog. And, and it just wore me. And other people, like John Syracusa, he doesn't do that, but he doesn't blog enough. So. Hey everyone, let me take a couple minutes to tell you about stereo. Fans tell us all the time how they yell and scream in their cars, at their phones, when me and Luke make a crazy comment while listening to the show, and they hope that we can somehow hear them through the ether. Well, guess what? Now we can. Luke and me, every Sunday night, live at 9 central p.m., are going to be on the stereo app for a Catching Foxes after party. The stereo app lets you talk with us directly. You get to ask your questions, yell at us, make funny comments, all within the stereo app. This is not a pre-recorded show. This is not scripted content. It's a live conversation because stereo is the live social conversation app. You want to head over to stereo.com/slash gomer, get the stereo app, set up your account, and follow us. Every time we launch a live show you will get notified i'll put all the links in the show notes for you this is the coolest thing stereo has thousands of live conversations so you once you set up your account you get to maybe be a co-host with one of us you get to chime in on the conversation with your questions or comments live and everyone can hear it who's listening or you can simply listen and enjoy the after party like the beautiful brooding wallflower that you are Join us live every Sunday night at 9 Central for a Catching Foxes after party on the Stereo app. Go to Stereo.com slash Gomer, and in that app, which is dead simple and a lot of fun, you will get notified every time one of us goes live. It's great. It's awesome. Thank you, Stereo, for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes.
0: I had a tweet. I think it was on Election Day or, like, the day after. I I I don't really... Uh, I remember when I don't really care, where I said politics is a shitty God. (laughs) Just just, please keep that in mind. And you see, like, just the amount – there are two groups of people who talk about Donald Trump way too much, his ardent supporters and people who detest him. Yeah. And after a while, I'm like, guys, just stop. Just like this is so – like this is the same thing on both sides. Yeah, like this is the same drug, the same little uh, soma or whatever, same asuma, the same asoma that pill from um, Brave New World. Like it's the same thing that you're just you know putting into in in to your body. This thing that just um, makes you feel right and um, uh, secure. And there, there are times where it's like bona fide anger, and yeah. and it can even be um, it can even be righteous anger, but. If you look at Jesus, he turns tables and then he stops. Like there's an end. There's an end to it, if you will. And he and he doesn't stop advocating for 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 like for the poor. But you like if you um live a life coming from frustration and anger, like if that's all there is, it just like it it just I don't know. This is me around 2017, like, probably three or four months after I went to the bishop's um convocation. I was so exhausted of my of my anger about that and just, like, the state of the church that I, I honestly couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah. And I, I thought I was going to kind of – I thought I – I thought I, – I think that – do you remember when I went through that hot phase of, like, I think I kind of want to stop the podcast, but I don't, but I kind of do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was the beginning of it because I just felt this constant need to address things that made me angry, and I became that guy. And I was like, I'm not – I can't – this is unsustainable for a human being to do, and which tells me that half the people who do it all the time are just – like they're lying. Yeah. I'm not saying that they don't care, but the emotional heft that they give to it isn't real.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Which leads me to my topic. Do you want to talk about my topic? Ooh. Is it a hot topic? It is, actually. Uh and there's it's also very it's also very angry. And there are a lot of band t shirts as well as a couple of weird gag shirts that people like. Like remember when the spam shirts were all were yeah. all the rage? Did you ever wear like a factory workers' shirt? No. You know what I mean by that though, right? No. So there was a thing back in, like, 96 or 97 where it would be cool to wear the shirt. Like, you'd have, like, a button-down shirt that a person would wear at a factory if they worked there or something. And it would have their name. they have, like, their name on a badge that was sewn into the shirt. Oh, so yeah, like a, a, like a like
1: Dickies type thing. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would,
0: yeah that would, like, did you ever wear a shirt like no, that? No, that was never me. That was my
1: brother when he was rocking the Limp Biscuit.
0: Okay, that's fair. Okay, I just feel like you. I always wanted to do that, but I never did. Okay. I did wear, like, a spam shirt or something at one point in time. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, there is a thing that I've been thinking about, and I can't get specific as to what brought this about just because I actually can't, but I'm going to try to come up with in with an example. Um, it's very easy to criticize the church or other people for not going to, like not doing completely what we think that they that um they should do, and I don't mean if it's like right. I don't mean in terms of it being um right or wrong. I'm, I'm I am talking um, more in quantitative terms. So I'm going to use um, an example of paternity leave. Some people think we should have you know up to one year in paternity leave. We should um, have six months and I definitely think it would be good if, if it was at least a full 12 weeks for both the husband and the wife and for the mom and the dad. I think that would be ideal but I think we forget that there is an actual cost to that that needs to be made up somehow in, in some way and that it's not this endless well of things that we just have access to where we can just make stuff happen. And I think we treat God like that at, at times as well. Like, well, God like will you know, even say, you can do anything, so can you do this? And I wonder if that's kind of a poor attitude to take. I don't mean that like I I'm, I'm not gonna say God, you aren't powerful, but it's just well if you wanted to, you could. So and I'm like, well actually like we live we live in a we live I mean to you know uh quote like Thanos like we live like we live in a, um, a finite world with finite resources and if you were to have a job where you want to take 12 weeks off that's good but they have to make that up somehow or they might not even be able to afford to keep your job Yeah. so what do you do mm-hmm. and I, I think sometimes we are it's very tempting to talk about the ideal without getting into the practicality of it. It's like oh, so then how do we do that?
1: Yeah, man. What, what, how did this I uh, you lost me with the with the spam shirts.
0: What was that from? <laughs> how what's the connection? What? No, there's not. This is just what I wanted to talk about. I just wanted I just wanted to get the spam shirt out of the way thing because I really liked those shirts back, <laughs> back in the mid 90s. <laughs> I bet you like were sick. 95 to 97. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, no, no.
1: I was right there with you. I always wanted one, but I never wore one.
0: I think I, I had something like that. I don't remember if it was spam. I did have a Monty Python shirt. I do remember that.
1: Okay, so, so right now you're talking about like people promise everything, but the world is finite. The universe is finite. And we can't give everything. There's a cost and a trade-off for everything.
0: Well, I, yeah, like I, I think I don't think like we want. I, I think in, um, we have these ideals and um like there's a specific thing in my life right now that I wish was different but I know that there's a reason why it is the way the way that it is even though I really wish it like it wasn't and part of and part and part of the reason is there's just not the money for it and that's just reality and yeah. I don't mean that money should dictate what we do but i do think at times when when we say things like people should have 12 weeks off of work if they have a kid i agree with you i completely agree but that means part of that means we need to find a way to make sure that is that is possible and it's not like every business owner or every church or you know every ministry that doesn't, you know, have that on policy has the means to make that happen. Yeah. There's a reason why they have the, you know, four or the six-week policy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a cost to everything, right? There's the, one of the podcasts on the PAR network is um, Paula, Paula, Paula something, Paula Pant. And hers is called Afford Anything," and her little tagline is "You can afford anything, but not everything." There's always trade-offs, and I do think you know, like it, it reminds me when I was a freshman and sophomore, junior, senior at Franciscan, and, and every time there was a social, because ju- I took Catholic Social Teaching class, it was one of my favorite classes. We went through the the whole social justice um, encyclicals from the papacy and all that, and they were they're awesome, right? Rerum Novarum all the way down to JP two Benedict had just written, um, uh, what was it, Truth and Charity, and uh, oh, yeah, that's I mean, wonderful. I loved studying the social justice encyclicals of the Church. I think they're amazing, and when you start to you see that the flavor of each pontiff and how they bring different concerns in the different eras and decades. But one of the things that infuriated me because I was also taking Modern Labor Economics by a libertarian professor, and one of the things that constantly annoyed me was that almost none of the theology majors had even the basic understanding of economics, of supply and demand. And if you were to talk to them about supply and demand, they would tell you, well, that's immoral. You're, turning, you're making everything about money instead of about the human person. And it's like, okay, I get that, and I want a more just and humane society. Obviously, we're working towards that. Someone has to bear the cost, and they would say this all the time the the theology majors, well, the government should pay for that. Well, the government should pay for that, and it's like, okay, but that comes from somewhere, and people ultimately reach a a climax of bad government costs, bad government, excuse me, the bad government spending, poor handling of money, ever inflating bureaucracy, and then they ditch it. Right. And they're done with the system and they get the heck out of there. I and mean, that's the whole point of the Laffer curve. Art Laffer, an economist, said if you actually actually simplify and lower taxes, I'm generalizing here, you'll make more revenue because people have less of an incentive to come up with loopholes and to seek out tax shelters. And they'll be like, yeah, OK, that makes sense. Ten percent. I'll pay that. And you actually gain more revenue. So the Laffer curve kind of was the mathematical explanation of what to expect. But there is a a, a really big frustration because in America we tend to oscillate between individualism and federalism, and we don't really look to the state or, or we never look really to the local, and that's what bothers me
0: the most. Well, and and, and I no, I totally and I I totally agree with you, and I, I and I by this I don't mean it's like well you see there is a cost of this, so wah, wah, wah. I, I just mean yeah. like I think we need to right. think of these we need to think of this in a more robust terms. So like one thing, like listen. All you millennials who are like who, who are, are listening, and I include myself, like actually accuse myself in this. You have to give more to your church. Yeah. You you cannot bitch to me about low wages at your parish if you're not giving. Because that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. Like the bulk of parishes pay very terribly because they literally don't have the money. They do not have – so, like, this whole idea, there was this, there was this, like, article that came out in the AP. I think it was last week. It was really – I may have – I don't think it was AP. I don't remember who it was. It was really dumb. It was about how the church got all this money from the um, – all of the uh, PPP loans and, like but, like, but the church has billions. Why do they need this? And it's like, oh, shut the f- – f you do not not know what you are talking about or how any of this works. Please stop right now. Um. The church doesn't have billions and billions of dollars just lying around to pay to pay for things. That was so stupid. Yeah, I know. It was just because I'm just like there are so like it's not how it works. It's like you know I think and I think the uh, um, the pillar had a great response to that. And viewing the church more as a society, and there are all these different things. And like you know, if you look at like they're one of the common one of the uh, common criticisms of the church is you you know have a oh, Michelangelo, you um, have the Piatto. Or, or, or the Pioto, Oh my gosh, that's a restaurant here in town that we eat at all the time. Oh, what's it called? <laughs> the pietà. Uh, the pietà. Um, oh my gosh, Luke. Pietà is a. It's like a. It's like an Italian. Ch- Chipotle and it's wonderful. We go there every week. <laughs> but, but anyways like, like you could sell that and you you could feed the poor and I'm like you're right we we could. We totally could but it was created for the church it is a timeless gorgeous important um, piece of art and that money would run out. Yeah. At some point in time the two the, like you know 80 million we would get for that would run out, and the church would lose for all t- all of time one of her greatest um, uh, artistic treasures. Now, yeah. if push came to shove, and it's like, listen, this is the last thing we have in order to help um, to help I'm um, gonna uh, help I'm um, gonna uh, feed the poor. Ab- like absolutely, like yeah, um, we should sell it. But it's not by any means necessary. By, by a long shot, it's not by a long shot, and. So many of the problems we have if people actually gave money to their church, and I I get it. A lot of parishes have not done a lot to really earn that. So I get it, everyone. But like this is like we're not taking care of, like we're not taking care of our own the way that we should. Yeah. And um I just I, I don't bring this up as a counterpoint to what you're saying, but I'm saying like in this in in the sense of like we have to understand that there that there is a cost, so then what do we do? Yeah. Um I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by I think this is public um uh, public knowledge so I really hope so I, that I can say this um I know like Patrick Lincioni, who we had on the podcast maybe like 2 years ago or so when he was talking to some like pretty big business leaders uh, at the beginning of the, pa- at the beginning of the pandemic he told these guys listen you're going to have to take a hit in order to keep these people there like you need to pay yourself less to keep your employees so they can like still have jobs, and that's that's an uncomfortable conversation that I think we need to be willing to have. That if it costs this much to you know, uh, to you know, to, order to in order to uh, order in order to do all these things, does that mean that some of your higher ups should m- make less? Yes, that could that could be part of the answer, but it's not the answer. Cuz even if you take all of Jeff Bezos's money, it goes away eventually. Yeah, it was Tony
1: Robbins, you know, that crazy guy who he added up Tony like, Robbins is hungry. <laughs> I love that family guy does that. <laughs> um, but they add he added up all of it was during the Occupy Wall Street movement. And he was trying to get people to dialogue, right, you know, all that stuff. And so what he did was he said, take the all the income from the top 1%. Take all the income from the top 1% of businesses. Take all the income from the top 1% earners of celebrities or movie stars, whatever. And he had all these figures laid out. And he said the United States government would blow through that money in like three and a half months. Then what? Then you wouldn't have those companies. You wouldn't have those leaders in those roles. You wouldn't have X, Y, or Z anymore. They're all gone because you took all their money. You've liquidated everything, right? And he said, so you don't have a thing that's producing more money. You're the, you've, you you've killed the goose that lays the golden egg, right? And so there always is this delicate mitigating balance. But when it comes to us in our personal response, I could not agree with you more. Luke, can I tell you something that's even more important than giving money to your church? Yes. Be committed as a volunteer.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling absolutely. you right now,
1: you want to yeah. know how I can save money to have three volunteers who won't dork out on me and <laughs> disappear, who won't ghost me, who will just say, I will come in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Or confirmation night, every single Wednesday, I will do this one job. I will be in charge of that job. You will never have to think about that job. You're good to go. That would save me if you can do that enough. And I believe every parish can. I mean, it used to be every parish had their own choir, had their own scholar. I mean, maybe not scholar, but they had their own choirs for multiple masses or maybe just the high mass. You didn't pay musicians. You didn't pay people all the time. Now, maybe your cathedrals did. Right. But then you think about like speakers like me, like I'm a good speaker. But. If I'm, I don't have a relationship with these kids that endures beyond the one talk. And I even say that during my talks. I'm like, your life is not going to change because an incredibly handsome man stood up here and gave a talk to you. Now, maybe it's the beginning of a change, but that's not enough. Locally, you have to do something. I would love to have people who just said, listen, not even core members, right? Just like when I was a core member for Brian Kelsch. I was the, I think I should have gotten an award for the greatest Lifeteen Corps member of all time. (laughs) I showed up 20 minutes early. I helped him do all the last minute stuff that our brains that don't think of things until the last minute do. I stacked chairs. I got up the sound system. I loaded his PowerPoint so that he could greet the kids at the front door. You know, I tweaked the microphone so that everything was good and level, level, level and all that stuff. And I had it all set up so that he didn't have to worry about anything. And I did it every single week, 20 minutes early. I took care of the BS so that he could be with the kids. Because I know what it's like when you have 250 kids walk into a room and they all know you and you don't have the time to know them. You don't even have the time to talk to them because you're sweating, you're running around, and you're about to kick off the night. And 50 adults are asking you questions, all this stuff. So those are the people that literally change the game. Like if you are in business in accounting in any way, shape, or form, you could probably bless someone incredibly deeply at the at the church office. They might not know how to use you, but you can go up and say, hey, if it's budget time, just invite me in. I'll review your budget from last year. Give me, you know, give me two weeks. I'll review it from last year and I'll come up with a new one this year, and then we can talk about it. Like that would save me probably five, six, eight hours. Right. Like, you know, like things like that are dynamic life changers. We have a group of people at our church called the Padawan ambassadors. And so our hope was like to create a, to start to foster a culture. And so we built this hospitality team and that's all they were. They were there to greet and welcome. And the first day they did it was three years ago on Ash Wednesday. You would have, you would have thought it was like 10 degrees warmer on campus. And I mean that in a good way. Like you felt, you didn't just feel welcomed. Like it was a palpable manifestation of the Holy spirit. Like these people had the charism of hospitality. We put them in positions where they could be useful. And I mean, we got literally like hundreds of comments of people being like, that was the best Ash Wednesday I've ever been to. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean like, like hundreds. And we had thousands of people come to our Ash Wednesday because we had, we do like 20 Ash Wednesday. I mean, back then, actually that we (laughs) that year we did like 20. Um, I made a couple liturgical mistakes. Whoopsie, mostly my fault. But uh, <laughs> I was like, who needs a liturgy of the word? Just stand outside and give people the ashes. Oh, you want a liturgy of the word every time. Okay, good deal. So we're doing liturgies of the words every like hour and then a mass every like three hours and, or two hours, four hours. So it's just awesome. I love everything about it, but there comes this point where... If we didn't have the volunteers, if we just, if I just made some cool graphics and we put up a sign and then people came and sat themselves and no one greeted them, no one welcomed them, no one passed out brochures, no one talked to them about how they could get involved in Lent this year, it would have fallen, it would have been as a hundredth as effective as it was. And that's where I see the light where people hmm. can give. If you don't have money, you have time. And if you don't have time or money, yeah, sexual favors. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, guys, it is Luke here, and I am here today to tell you once again about BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Is there something that is getting in your way with your own personal happiness or is preventing you from trying to achieve your goals? Listen, 2021 is a lot like 2020. Everyone's having a hard time right now, and that is okay. Okay. Help is out there. You can find help right now. With BetterHelp, they can actually get you a match with your own professional licensed therapist within um, 48 hours. They are not a crisis line. It is not a self-help thing. It is professional counseling done securely online. And we have Catching Foxes on the listeners from all over the country, even Canada. Anyone, anywhere in the world can get help through BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. Here is the deal. Once you just start, on um, living a happier life today. But I'm going to tell you that it actually really does work. I know some people who've gotten some great help, pun intended, from BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is, is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Catching Fox's um, listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off, off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Well, and, it's, and, and and I don't I don't want anyone to think that we're like like you idiots should do this. Um, right? It it just is a there's um, we need to dwell in reality. You know, and we need to understand. Like, really, we really need to go. Okay, so this is we want this to happen. So, like, what does that actually mean? And so when and if we're arguing anything other than that, it's just ideals and and ideas are important, and they're good t- and they're good to talk about, but like man, like we live in that world and it's not healthy, yeah, like it just I have such a hard time with cancel oh, culture, and I feel like I don't know let's do, we got we got a review this past week that I thought was really interesting, and it basically criticized us because they felt that we were the kind of show that they that they enjoyed because we were more like right in the middle. We weren't too far right, we weren't too we weren't too far left. We weren't part of this echo chamber. And the, uh this review pretty much um they had they had said that we've now gone like too far right. And we don't, and we don't like acknowledge things going on. All you know, on like the right, if you will, and all this stuff, and like blah 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 blah. And um, part of it's like, okay, I get that. Like, I understand. Like, I, I can see part of that happening on um, with our show. But part of it is just that it's so. What makes it so difficult right now is that there's just this. Um, there is we allow no one any space at all. Yeah, and perhaps we're guilty of that as well. But I, I was told a thing by a priest last last uh, week or so when we were I'm talking about 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 stuff like this, and he said, "Like, who's the good Samaritan in your life?" Yeah, and that really I think I may have brought that up on the I think you did, on yeah. the interview we did last week, but it really really shook me, um, because I saw a post and who's I'm not the good Samaritan or who's the Samaritan
1: like or, who's or, the religious outsider or who's the guy that comes and helps you what is
0: what does that mean well who's the who's the person in in your life that like you know has some ideas or some things that are like kind of like that um are that uh are like legit bad but are doing good things as well mm. so like if you look at the good samaritan they're still a samaritan but they're doing good stuff yeah and that's part of the point of that parable. It's like here are these some um, people that, for whatever reason, I, I don't know any other background. and We don't have to really. I'm going to that, but it's just that like we view them as being bad for whatever reason, or their ideas are bad, or the stuff that or the stuff that they do is bad. But here are these good works that they're doing. We need to acknowledge that and see that even like like this is even bad people can do good things. Yeah, yeah, and that means us. And I saw this post, and this guy isn't going. To listen, so I'm going to talk about. that. I won't mention him by, um, by name because he's kind of a not. I won't say like a well known speaker, but he's a known. He's a known speaker. And we had a friend who was uh, commenting on the girl who reads those poems. You know, how she read a poem with the big, at uh, Joe Biden's inauguration, and then she did one right before the Super Bowl happened. Okay, so I had a buddy who said like th- this was like. This was awesome. And then I, so then this, like, uh, this, this, you know, on the one guy, he, he responded with, but yeah, but like, what's her stance on abortion? And I this I'm solid. I was just like, dude, like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I mean, it, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, right? You know, yeah. like, if we're talking about abortion, yes, but like, I, 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 like, are we forgetting that like people who have bad ideas also do good things? Like, have we forgotten this, like, like, the Samaritan, the, you know, the idea of the Good Samaritan or this or these, that, that story, like, we're meant to actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's a, th- a thing that I re- I'm, I'm not, this is not me trying to push f- for, like, more money or anything like that. This is why I like Glenmary. Because they will go and then hang out with the Good Samaritan. Like, they will quite literally go there and become friends with all of them. And find a way to find the good stuff that they are doing, and to work with them on that. And I, I don't see any. I, that's it's it's like if you have the wrong idea on abortion, or if you, um, you know, I, like I, as, as much as I, this is why I, this is why I don't like I'm um, a cancel culture, but also why I'm not willing to just ignore it or like also like or yeah. also I'm ride it off completely because as much as I freaking hate um you know parts of it. They're doing this stuff because some people like raped women, and yeah. they said, "No, this is bad, you shouldn't do this mm-hmm. and I'm like, "I agree with you on that <laughs> i'd like <laughs> to see higher standards within our culture for the, for these things, and that's what they're pushing for i um don't want people to treat everly I'm a, like I'm less because she's she's a woman. I agree with that so like why?" Do we need to just write them off because they think differently about us on abortion? Or, you know, this is, like, the whole thing about, uh, like, like Black Lives Matter. Like, I have some real issues, again, with all of the Marxism and the attacks on the nuclear family. But then there's some also really good stuff in there as well. And why are we so willing? Like, I don't think any of us have a good Samaritan in our lives, honestly, that we're willing to do stuff with.
1: Isn't it funny how no matter... Like, this is the constant reoccurring theme in our culture today over and over and over again. And it's on the left and the right. As far as I yes, can tell, yes, everyone exactly, is saying, exactly, why can't we talk exactly. to each other? Why aren't we connecting? But then we immediately... I hate you. But then we immediately yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like in my own ministry lately, I'm the guy that is... like. I'm the guy talking with same-sex couples, you know, who's going to talk to this couple? Let's uh, give them to Gomer, right? So I'm talking with all of them, the teens who are trans, like I'm having those conversations all across the board. And it's not j but the the deal is I'm having conversations. It's not like I'm going and doing anything, you know, like serving the poor or whatever with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I do mm-hmm. find like what you're saying is very true. Like that's the backbone of the ecumenism movement is like the idea of the uh uh I don't even know what they call it. Whatever. We'll just call it the church ecumenism movement. The worldwide ecumenism movement. But they would say things like, worldwide council of churches, there you go. They would say things like, we're never going to agree on doctrine, but we can agree on charity, right? And, you know, have people like Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Yeah, we are going to disagree over what we believe, but that doesn't mean we can't kneel down together and pray to Christ for the same common, and make common cause, and I think we are terrified of common cause. And I think the this is the thing that um, that I'm most afraid about when it comes to what we call cancel culture or all this stuff is we've we've lost sight of the fact that the other as other can have something to teach me, right? Because yeah, of their perspective, yeah. they can see something I can't see. Not that their all oh, truth is subjective. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is my brain is so tiny that I can only see from one perspective, you know, and and even that not very well. And so I need books, right? I need YouTube videos and podcasts, and I need the witness of other people. Now, yes, I wish the whole world were devout Roman Catholics, not those weirdo Byzantines. I wish they were (laughs) Roman
0: Catholic. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You heard us. Roman. Yeah. (laughs) Saint? Pope St. Paul VI, Roman Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pray in English.
1: Your priest can face anywhere he wants. As long it's as it's not the tabernacle. Do you hear me? And we might shake hands at the sign of peace. Yeah. <laughs> I will, will tickle the inside of your palm with my index finger when we shake hands during the sign of peace. I'll do a
0: tight squeeze right at the end just, just, just so you know that I care about you. Are we hold hands
1: there in the our father, that's where I hold the t- that's where I do the tight but squeeze. I but I will do to the two pad hug during the sign of peace. Pop pop. Pop pop that's how you know I care care.
0: <laughs> I remember when household we the sign of peace it was 40 guys going, ba-bum,
1: bum, 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 bum <laughs> It bum, really bum. was. It really was. It was like a cousins meeting for a family reunion after like 10 years apart. Like, ah, Jim, get over here. Pop, pop.
0: We all instinctively knew that's what you did. <laughs> Just like,
1: one, two, one, two, one, two, and done. <laughs> and done. But the, there's a line. There's a, what, what was this? Someone was saying, they were having a political conversation. One of our Patreon supporters recommended a a podcast. I can't remember what it was, but they they said the thing that scares me the most is not the division, because you can always have division and it's, you know, 50-50, whatever. The thing that scares me the most is it looks like we're accelerating off the edge into violence, right? And that's what the attack on DC, for whatever reason, like, it seems like there are more voices saying, there are more voices demonizing than willing to listen, and, uh, you know, like, I I still listen to Taylor Marshall. I do. Like, I don't agree. I, like, it bothers me. The stuff that he says, the way he says it often deeply bothers me, but I'm willing to listen. I get people send me, you know, Church of Militant, LifeSite News, um, and Taylor Marshall stuff all the time. I'm 100% willing to listen to this. I have no problem with it in terms of my listening to it, now, then you have – but the, the problem is then people say, well, by merely listening, it's an act of violence against my person. And uh, that's where I draw the line. That's where cancel culture from the left – and I think cancel culture is on the right. It's not as much, but it's still there. It's
0: um, there. It's there. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but on the left, the reason why it's more so on the left than it is on the right is because of the postmodern trend in, in uh, critical race theory, critical sex theory, all that stuff. With critical theory, the the words are – like the watchwords are problematic and dangerous. So we're going to problematize the way you talk about your whiteness or their blackness or whatever – And it's like, well, we're having a conversation. I'm listening. I'm learning from their experience. No, you're tokenizing. It's like, no, I'm not. I really legitimately want to hear from this person and their life story. Well, see, the problem is you started crying when you heard about the time that a cop roughed up a dude. And that means you're stealing the attention and putting it back on yourself. It's like, no, I had a genuine human emotion to the powerful words that they were sharing and with something I've never experienced. No. Right. So this, this move within the, the, and it's only the progressive left. It's not even the liberal left. The move was so fast after the gay marriage decision, ramping straight into trans rights that no one was prepared to have. And it immediately became, it rode the coattails of the gay marriage stuff. And no one was having a conversation. It was, you're a bigot, you're a bigot, you're a bigot, mic drop. And, They problematize all language. And the part that that I was saying earlier that I can't go with them is they say, your words are violence, right? And that's where you get the microaggressions and the hate speech. It's like, your words are violence. And it's like, you are the one who tells me my words are violence. I'm trying to have a discussion with you about our differences. And now I can't because my very words are violence in this new arena. So we can't even talk like, oh, the things you, oh, you believe in traditional marriage. That's dangerous, right That's dangerous. Do you know how many gay bodies have been sacrificed on the altar of traditional marriage and you're like, oh, whoa, <clears throat> I mean, at Notre Dame, they covered uh, some trans activists covered
0: ah, blah, 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 blah. I- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: not my perfect university. <laughs> but, 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 but perfect. it was like
1: out of nowhere it wasn't I, 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 from the article that I read you know back in the day, it, it, it was this like the thing I, I read on this one website. Well, I think it was Notre Dame's own website, but they were saying, like, this was an unprovoked thing. It wasn't like we were having a speaker on campus or something. It was, uh, like, attacking our Catholic identity as a university. And it was just this general, and it said the blood of all trans people is on your hands, you know? And it's like, uh, okay, so there is no conversation here, right? There is no conversation. And that's the problem with cancel culture as a genre, whether it's the left and the right. It's like... That mode says, "Well, we're only going to hit the accelerator forward into oblivion."
0: This is why I think I and this is I I I am kind of I am kind of bringing this up because of this one um weird review that that we got. But it like there's this thing I I see within like the whole within cancel culture as well as uh, the QAnon world, and I don't know as much about QAnon as I do about cancel culture. Or wokeness as an intellectual movement, so I, I will be very honest about that. But um, this constant, like, desire to uh, say what I, whatever I think the world is, that's how I define reality. You know, and so it, it's it's really really hard to have a conversation with anyone who's doing that, like with anything, it, with anything.
1: It's like your your line that you always say uh, in terms of von Balthasar, right? It's like that Marian dimensions getting lost of receptivity. Like, how yeah, can I? Totally. I, I mean, totally. So just take it from a Catholic perspective. How can I convert someone to Christ Jesus and His Gospel if I won't even listen to them? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, do you think that's how Saint Paul won people over? Was he just kept dominating and shouting over them? Do Do you think he walked onto Mars Hill? And just started peeing on it because it was a place of idolatry. Like, (laughs) no, he found a common point. Here is a shrine to the unknown God. And he said, I see you Greeks are very religious. Let me tell you about this unknown God. And that was his bridge. You build bridges. (laughs) You build bridges (laughs) in order to gain access to people's hearts. You gain access to their hearts first. That's the Christian move. That's always been. And that doesn't mean emotionally pandering. That means you are called as the Samaritan, as the good Samaritan, you are called to be neighbor. That was the end of the Samaritan story. He said, who was neighbor to the man? The one who helped him. Couldn't even say the Samaritan. And he said, go and do likewise. Right? He's saying, you go be the Samaritan in this story. Not you go and wait for someone to be a Samaritan to you.
0: You go and be that. Be on the lookout. Well, and, and to even, like, kind of going back to my point, um, Disney vacation is one note uh, about, uh, <laughs> like, how the things we expect or the, um, the things that that we want. Like, okay, I'm all about, let's, like, what role does the government have in this stuff and what sh- and what um, should the government be doing? But we need to talk about what does that practically look like. Yeah you know and so you need to think about okay so if we do this stuff is this going to is this worth the cost of if we tax this group right here and if they legitimately can't start businesses then then what do they do yeah you know like uh, to be honest a thing that i really liked that trump did early on is i got 200 more dollars out of my paycheck each month yeah and that allowed me to pay off debt and do other things i really kind of like that yeah. now it doesn't mean that i want that over like people having health care or other things like that so i'm i'm willing like i'm willing to have these conversations but what i'm not willing to do is have a blanket thing where it's like everyone should have health care right now i don't care let's just do it i'm like it's the same thing with every time we have a school shooting which thank god we haven't had anything um recently like praise you jesus um, mostly cuz they're not in school but like at least i i hope this kind of puts the this kind of curtails all that stuff. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. dear Lord God, please. Um, just the fact that we're unwilling to have conversations about. So how do we fix this? I don't care about gun control. I don't care about if it's. Impos- I, I'm just saying, like we we're unwilling to do it because we immediately jump to it's either more gun control or it's we uh or it's arm the teachers. Yeah. And there's no attempt to actually have a rational conversation about what can we actually do that works.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing, though, that that you're always going to butt up against is you do have people who have done deep dives on very specific things. This is where the the lack of humility in conversation with others, like if you have people who have done deep dives into stuff and all – you have, or I have, are a handful of talking points that I can that makes sense to me. I don't want to say talking points in the sense of you are letting someone else do your thinking. You have those talking points because you've done some thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and it makes sense to you. It's a narrative or a set of facts that fit into the narrative, and so you want to approach that. You want to approach that situation from a place of knowledge. So, you, typically, what I do is I way overstate the case and then have to walk back a lot. Um, but the problem is without humility, you sit down and you talk with someone who actually knows and they like, you just end up dismissing each other. So when me and you had the conversation about the mass shootings, I can't remember what was it? Was it Las Vegas where it I went, the fact
0: that I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I know. And so we were talking about, it, it like, again, again, again. And uh, we had a handful of of very pro-gun people reach out to us. And a couple of them were super belligerent. But most of them were like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because yesterday, you know, the YouTube algorithm, when you start clicking one thing, serves you a bunch. And there was this stuff on, like, the use of firearms for home defense and blah, blah, blah. But this one guy, his whole thing, former military, trains police officers on how to calm down when they're in a... Uh, life or death situation, like all this stuff. What he began doing was he began having people on his show who were explicitly anti-gun. And they would just film it, and they would have conversations. And that was it. And then he would teach them how to... He would say, like, okay, at the end of this, you're going to let me shoot, and I'm going to make it the safest environment. We'll be the only one on the gun range. We'll do all this stuff. And you're going to let me shoot... uh, Let me help you shoot. And we're going to use a couple handguns, and then we'll use an AR-15, so that you can experience... And get past the initial fear of this violent tool, right? And mm-hmm. it was funny mm-hmm. to hear, like, every person, like, once they go through, okay, this is what it takes to get a gun. This is what it takes to – this is what the rules are about AR-15s and max capacity ammunitions in the state of Colorado and blah, blah, blah. You see people even and, – and almost none of the people change their minds, Right. He's like, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just here to just be like, here's let me give you a glimpse into my world and why I love this stuff and why I think it's important. And if you don't like it, if you don't agree, that's fine. But we have to get past the part where we both just drop the uh the, you know, steel reinforced shutters and block each other out. And I thought I was like, oh wow, that's funny. So I watched a couple of those videos and they were interesting, you know, they weren't like life-changing, but I enjoyed that approach more than almost anything else that I've seen. Because it's like, here's the ground rules. You tell me why you hate guns, why you hate gun culture, why you hate gun society. Like, I don't own a gun, uh, because mostly because I'm terrified of them, scared of them and, and terrified and all that stuff. But um, when you begin to talk this stuff out, on any issue, on abortion, right? Like, we don't have – there's not a lot of places – Where people, because when it comes to abortion, I'm an absolutist. I want no baby ever to be aborted, right? When you start to have these conversations with pro-choice people who one woman said to me, uh, or said to my friend, uh, my friend Chris Miller, abortion is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And her own father, I think, was an abortion doctor in like the 70s. So like he was activist doctor. Um, Like, I don't know how to have a conversation with that person. But Mother Teresa did with Hillary Clinton. They started an orphanage together. Of course, Hillary couldn't stop funding it, but
0: that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it I, honestly, like this, all this talk is like doesn't matter if we don't like actually find ways in our own lives to do it. Then we're just blowing hot air. I know, I know, and I you don't know, want to. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's. 't wait don't want to actually do it or don't want to, to talk about it well i
1: don't i don't even want to talk to you i'd rather be playing video games no i, I don't want i don't want to not make this incarnation on my own life right and i'm not talking about any particular issue i'm talking about every particular issue right like uh i remember oh gosh i i don't know you're right i don't know. In certain ways, the next step to take because – so, for instance, I gave this men's talk, right? And I notoriously hate men's talks because I hate it when it makes people who are artistic or sensitive or, you know, different than the jock athlete to feel like less of a man. This last talk that I gave, I think I probably did that more than anything else, but also more than anything else, I tried to go out of my way to affirm – that there is strength in sensitivity and artistic creativity, and it's not just um, you got to be physically strong. In fact, and I said over and over again, physical strength without moral strength is is a bully, is a is a precursor to violence. Like it's not enough to have the discipline to build a physique; you also have to have the morality that goes with it. And mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. problem is, I got feedback i had tons of guys that were like wow that really challenged me you know blah 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 but this one dude's like oh that just sounds like jordan peterson on parade and that was him saying that because he was dismissing he could put me then in a box and then just push me off to the side and so i tried to have you know my goal is to have a conversation with this person and just be like listen you can disagree with every single thing that I said, but just know that the vast majority of that stuff was not me ripping off Jordan Peterson. It was Scott on. It was Scott Hahn on the art of manliness <laughs> podcast. Every episode of art of manliness. <laughs> right. And the guy in art of manliness goes to so many lengths to like quantify and qualify and disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yep. you know, this is just a thing for men. And let's look at masculine from a million different ways and all this stuff. And actually the bulk of my comments come from, comes from a, a university of Iowa researcher, who is, you know, pro gay marriage, all this stuff, he says it on the show, and the host of the show, the guy, whatever his name is from uh is you know, he's a Christian. He's very quiet about it, but it's still there in the background. Yeah, yeah. Brett what's
0: his name? Yeah, Brett.
1: Brett Brett We all used to knew it back in two thousand eleven. We sure did. Man, that guy, he taught me how to he taught me how to start a fire in the woods and dress for my body shape.
0: <laughs> thank you brett
1: thank you <laughs> turns out my shape is eh, like play-doh just smushed on the <laughs> table it's like you should probably l- uplift nah, i mean could have should have would have. you know <laughs> i guess i'll just it, go for walks every other day
0: yeah <laughs> uh is that your is that your segue?
1: Yeah, hey man, I'm down forty seven pounds and I've gained twelve pounds of are muscle. Are you serious? No, no, not even oh. a little bit. No, I'm <laughs> down a, about I'm like, fifteen. I'm down that's about. Great. fifteen. Yeah, it's all right. I can tell that you've lost weight. No, no, no. It's good, man. It's good. That's that's good. To to the men listening who have who are not physically active in any way, shape, or form. Come come cherish to me. it. Come, yeah, <laughs> it is so nice. <laughs> it is so nice.
0: Shh, never say that. <laughs> yeah,
1: the smartest Don't thing you? I ever heard was from uh, about physical fitness was from a chubby protestant pastor named rick warren and he said he was quoting christ saying uh you know if you save your life you lose it you know like all that stuff and he said he said this is the law written into the fabric of the universe like and chesterton said something similar so when he was saying it it like kind of stuck in my head a little bit more because was comparing him to chesterton but he said this he's like he took it on like a physics way and he was like you know you got to expend energy in order to create energy. He's like, that's why you work out. You expend a ton of energy, and you find out that your body craves more and uses more energy. And the more physically fit you are, the more exercise, you know, within reason that you do, the actually the healthier you become, the more energy you end up having. And I was thinking about Mm -hmm. that, and I was like, okay, so take me who has to lose probably 75 pounds. That's a lot of weight. So what I do is I get scared of losing such a high number, right? And then I kick myself when I don't start earlier because now there's some event, some thing, some beach trip that I wish I wasn't jiggling even when I stopped moving five minutes ago. <laughs> and for everyone who is overweight and listening to this, like we all know those insecurities, pressures. We also know the crappy side Of people being just jerks because you're overweight or whatever. Or doctors being jerks because they make everything about being overweight. Even though most things are problematic when you're overweight. It's not everything. And so there there are these things that I have, like, it is so hard past week three to stay consistent. And I'm now on week six. And I told my wife, like, we've had, you know, I traveled. I kept to the path. I didn't, I didn't overindulge. I only had one meal a day and it was steak, steak and ribs. Um, And I went walking in the hotel because it was freezing cold outside. I went for a walk for 20 minutes in the hotel, back and forth, up and downstairs. I must have looked like a crazy person, except for the fact that the front desk guy, instead of watching me on the cameras, was dead asleep sitting up in a chair with no back. I don't know how that happened. His palms were open like he was in a charismatic prayer meeting, and yet his head was slumped over. But um, I, I have to tell you, you have to get past the apprehension and physical uh, discomfort of getting your body moving because once it starts moving consistently, you won't want to go back. You won't. And you have to. And I told Shannon, I was like, honey, I know, I know it's so easy to step off this path, but please don't let me, don't let me, I'm begging you. Like, don't let me don't, when you hear me say certain defeatist things, like that's, that's the dark side, right? Like, I can't go back, honey. I got to be with my kids as long as possible. I want to see my kids graduate. I want to play with them. I want to get rowdy. I want to teach them sports. I I want to do all the things my dad did for me, but I want to do it more.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm lifting. Good for you. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm still too scared of CrossFit. I've had a lot of people encourage me to do it. I know that's year of humility theme. Still too scared. It's so embarrassing. Do it. Don't worry about it. So right now I'm doing a 50 push-up day challenge with Shannon. Whoa. Is she kicking your ass? No, no, no. No, I'm I'm actually beating her. Well, we're just doing 50 a day. and It's just a completion, right? It's a pass-fail grade. But my goal is... So the first day I was like super jazzed and I did 50. And I was like, holy... Like throughout the day, like, you know, whatever. I could not do that all in one thing. And I was like... Yeah. That was great. I feel great. I'm so, I like positive emotion, dopamine, great. Man, Luke, the next three days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hurt so bad. And you know what hurt the worst? Like my, my lower abs by my junk, whatever that yep. down there. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, the root. It's like, oh, why are you doing this? And so the second day when I, so I've been doing assisted push ups. That's how weak I am. I just admitted that out loud. You're a humility. It's
0: fine. It's fine. It
1: is so embarrassing for me to who for me
0: like, oh for you okay sorry, sorry. it's so
1: embarrassing for wow. me as an as an adult who when i was younger right younger was 10 years ago 20 years ago i could crank out a handful of pu- i was never physically fit until you know since high school yeah. but
0: <laughs> i was gonna be like okay let's go no but i cool could do this. the push-ups yeah <laughs> and they yeah, wouldn't yeah. kill me no i'm just kidding. It, it would make me yeah. sore right but they but wouldn't do, kill yeah. me
1: and this was like yeah. i was like when did this happen well i'm carrying all this
0: weight in front of me that affects things so well yeah and you're just older i know it's like, part of it like yeah. dude, like it's like you it's not like okay one you're not as big as you were as you think you are like i understand that you want to lose weight but like you're not like like you're not that big so don't beat yourself up too like too much you shouldn't even beat yourself up at all about your weight like it's just it's um it's just – it's not good. Um, now, it's good that you want to get healthy. That is different. That is different. But, like, just because you're – like, you're almost 40, dude. I and know. Isn't that weird? It's not like you spent the past 20 years doing tons of um, – like, tons of um, workouts at, like, different points in time. You know? And so, like, you've been in, like, better shape at certain times in your life – but, like, don't – like, it's okay if you have to, like, do the modified um, push-up. I'd have to do that right right now. Like, that's okay. No, I know it's okay. It's just humiliating. It's But it's not, though. No. It's not. Oh, it is. It's not. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, you, you think it is, and that's why it is, but it's not. It's not. If, there's nothing wrong – if you go to a gym right now, and if you were to do that, no one would care.
1: No, like, I know that. I know that. I know that. What I'm saying is the thing that cuts me is me letting it get this bad. And I know, you know, there's a trillion reasons. There's a trillion small decisions. There's a trillion things that weren't my decisions. But there's this point in me where I'm like, and, and you know, and to be honest, it was brought home to me last, you know, the week ago Friday when that man, drunk and high as he was, could have could have done serious damage and I couldn't Mm -hmm. have. And it was a place where, where like, I'm glad my verbal skills got me out of that situation in P in one piece. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't there to escalate. I was just there to stop escalation. But at the same time, as many of the people who emailed me and sent us messages told me, you should not have intervened (laughs) in such a situation. Yeah. True. But, um, I felt so uh, hopeless and pathetic in that moment. Not because I wasn't jacked, but because I didn't have the basics that I used to have. And, yes, you're, you're 100% right. I'm getting older. It's going to be harder. It's a taller hill. I'm okay with that, which is why I'm trying to be smart and not stupid. Um, the only YouTube videos, other than home defense stuff, rabbit hole, is that I'm watching are just <laughs> physical fitness for people like me. Right, like I'm not doing nuts stuff. I'm doing the lifting. I'm doing the walking. I'm doing for long what's distances. In your life. Yeah, I'm, and that, <laughs> that's what I always do. Right, you go too far too early. You burn out. And you don't do it again. So I'm Did like, you get okay. the joke that I that I just made. No,
0: you said I'm not doing um nuts stuff, and then I went
1: for, for what's in your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you misheard me. I said butt stuff. I'm not doing butt Oh, stuff. sorry. Still well, applies, though. Your comment still applies. should probably cut that out.
0: Some people might think <laughs> that I don't think it's <laughs> – I don't, I don't want to be canceled. Um, no, it – I I guess here's what – I I totally get that. I, I Listen, like I'm right there with you right now, especially I'm the heaviest that I've ever been, and I need to dramatically change this right now. Um, but I, I'm starting to see that it's more about um, – so i've i we you know had a listener who reached out about like really encouraging us to consider about in to consider intuitive eating and i've gone down that um, i've gone down that rabbit hole a bit and it's been actually like really cool to see the it's kind of the fear of, of like there's um of like just like really taking ownership of your body and not viewing your body as being this bad thing yeah and I and I'm not trying. This might sound a little bit like um almost like a snowflake thing. And I'm and I, I'm and I'm, that's just, that's really not um that's not that's not what it is or what I'm saying. But I, I think it's much um better for you from like a, from like like psychological standpoint if you're proud of the fact that you're now doing stuff. Like that's yeah. the important part. And I would say that I totally stuff. am.
1: Which is why I okay, talk good. about, which is why, yeah, I, 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 I know I come across, let, let me put it this way. My anger at myself is part of the energy to keep what I'm doing going. Because I realized that the the first time I ever, like, stuck with and and, and actually felt great in both diet and exercise was when I was doing the Atkins diet and I was basically running a mile every day going for like three or four mile walks every day on top of the running I was doing sprints and stuff like that at my house in Sugarland and I dropped a ton of weight and I was fanatical about my diet to a point where it didn't bother me it bothered certain people who tried to sabotage me every chance they got thank you um, but other but like for me and my wife the only people that matter I was loving it I was loving it and I'm loving it now. I'm loving the fact that I can, that I've added more weight, right? Like I'm looking for me and my wife have these, have these things that we say like non-scale victories. And I was, it was so funny cause I sat down in a, um, I, I flew first class up to Kansas city because I I'm in gold and they bumped me up and I flew economy back down because I was on a standby flight or I was flying standby. And, uh, my hips didn't touch both sides of the seat for the first time in ten years.
0: That's a great feeling.
1: Yeah. And so we call it me and my wife, we always have these things where we're like, non-scale victory, you know. And so we say that because we know knowing the number on the scale can be very helpful. It can also become obsessive. It can also become uh counterintuitive as you just put on some water weight because, you know, it's her time of the month or the, and
0: or the one know. metric that you judge everything by. Where it's like this isn't telling right. the whole story at all. Yeah.
1: Right. And yeah. I'm more flexible now. I'm working on general flexibility, um mm-hmm. posture, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I'm okay. trying to treat myself as if I were someone that I was responsible for. You know, like
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like the whole the whole Mr. 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 no more Mr. nice guy kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that I like. You know, again, there are things about I'm Jordan Peterson that I don't like, and things I'm like, this is kind of this is a problem, but or it is problematic. But like, that's a really great idea. Yeah, that's a really, really because it it gets you out of your own head. Yeah, you know, and it gets you, it almost in a weird way. It removes yourself from your like that's one of the best things. One of the best things I ever read on the art of was when it was when he talked about is when you are criticized the first thing you should ask is do they have a point mm-hmm. and as much as it hurts uh, quite often the answer to that is yes yeah it's like and there there could be a yes but or even a yes and hello to all of our improv friends um but like that's and that's it's good when you do that, you're able to take yourself out of the situation a bit. It kind of calms your emotion down. Is so you able to see it from another angle? And there are times we actually see, well, I actually know they're wrong. And this is why it's even worse now. Yeah. Because I see this whole other this whole other um, side to it. So that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, i I definitely um my biggest thing right now is just and I need to be I mean, like this is the thing too, and I think I've I've learned with the um whole intuitive eating stuff. Um it's really hard to try to do all this stuff during a pandemic and when you have a child for the very first time.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. And so and just learning like, okay, so there are for me right now, like I can't like so like one of the things about um intuitive eating that I really like. It's like, okay, so if I want to have, you know, three three I'm um, servings of the spaghetti that I made tonight, I'll go, okay, Luke, at least have two. Or have or have have like your one have like a half of one and then drink a whole glass of water mm-hmm. and if you really want to have that third then you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and that for me it just like it really frees it up to be like like what is my body actually doing? You know, because there is a thing where, if like you can, especially at at our age, with with certain things, if you go too hard in the wrong way, you can actually like hurt yourself. And so, paying paying attention, this is this is this is really um, why I'm saying like it's good that you're doing the modified um, push-ups because that's what your body needs right now. Actually, you're going to build more strength doing that than if you tried to like power your way power your way. through all of that case in point do you remember last year when i got a cramp doing or like i like really like screwed up my abs trying to do like 80 crunches yeah when i first started exodus 90 like i like pulled a muscle or something doing that and i was like oh my 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 poor little abs (laughs) they were like what the hell you haven't done this in five years what is wrong with you you son of a bitch you cut this in (laughs) half right now where we're not talking yeah this is done um but like understanding like okay dude uh you may feel like it's good to do these um crunches again and you used to love doing ab work but like can you really do this right now Mm -hmm. not really so just be happy like i'm not i'm not in
1: a rush i'm not in a rush the thing that i like about what my so i have a lot of friends they all go to the same crossfit gym and it's fairly close to my house but they talk about um you know, all this stuff, and I see my friends, and they're all, you know, physically fit and attractive human persons, and I see them, and I, I, you know, you can't help but do the comparison, like, oh, my gosh, they're, like, deadlifting and, you know, doing clean and jerks or whatever with with uh, kettlebells and stuff, and I start to do that thing that's like, well, I can't keep up with them, therefore, I don't want to be around them because that's going to be humiliating, But it is the year of humility, and I should pay $200 to be humiliated every month. Um, And so my my goal right now is I want to lose. I probably want to lose about 40 pounds of fat, of just straight-up fat. I want to lose that. I want to lose it without injuring myself because that's stupid. My family Mm -hmm. cannot have me injured. That's not an option. So I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And, uh, so I'm looking at ways to just up my game in other areas that don't take away from my family time. Right. So I take walks with my kids and I make them walk a mile with me one at a time. And I say, talk about anything with daddy. With one kid, we talked about, uh, SEX and that was uncomfortable with another kid. We talked about Minecraft, um, And they were back-to-back walks and two different kids, two different things that's on their mind. And it was very difficult having both conversations.
0: Holy cow.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's just me and the girls, right? I just take one girl at a time. We go for a walk. And Mm -hmm. honestly, me being alone with Kateri and me being alone with Cecilia, me being alone with Noah and me being alone with Thomas, Thomas is psycho. uh, They're the best times that I will have. And just being out for. you know i'm not out to i'm not trying to get my heart rate going crazy and going for a jog and dig deep and all this stuff i'm going for a walk and i get to enjoy my kid and we get to actually talk and my quietest kid is noah he's only quiet when he's around his sisters who cut him off he is mr chatty cathy the second you get him alone and it's awesome a whole another side of his personality manifests and he has every street memorized he knows where every cool. house is. That if something was bad were happening, he would just run right there. You know, he's he, you know my kids are legit, and I love them, I love them to death. Can I tell you something that Cecilia told me today? Always, she brought down a dry erase board. So this week we were talking about the planets, or last week, and we talked about the planet Uranus, and Daddy said that's the funniest of all the planets. <laughs> <laughs> and last week they said, why is it the funniest of all the planets? I said, well, you know what they call a butt, right? It's called an anus. And they started laughing. And they were like, we've never heard that. And I was like, yeah, it's called an anus. I think Kateria had heard of that. And I said, okay, so when someone says, you know, if you here's a list of all the planets. Where do I find your anus? And I, and I said, as a kid in, like, fifth grade, there are so many things you want to say to your teacher at that moment. And when your teacher says things like Uranus is a gassy planet or a gassy giant <laughs> or a gas giant, you're like, Yes, yes, it is. And I'm about to demonstrate how. So Cecilia comes down the stairs. She goes, Daddy, I wrote this story. And Katiri's like, Cecilia, because Kateri's mom part two. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, teachers or like the mom says, Where is Uranus? Boy number one. I don't know. Boy number two. Uh, I know where my anus is. Where's your anus? Ah, the mom. Where did you hear that from? My girlfriend. Don't get her in trouble. And it was like this short story <laughs> oh that she wrote on a dry erase board. That's amazing. Uh, lost my dang mind. It was so funny. And then Kateri's like, "Daddy's gonna be so mad at you." And I was like, "Cecilia." That was awesome.
0: <laughs> don't show
1: this when our holy Catholic neighbors come over and
0: <laughs> when our friends from
1: church come over. But me and you, we can make say, these
0: jokes. Whenever the nerds are here, we don't bring this up. Got it?
1: <laughs> when the CrossFitters come knocking, then we can make the Uranus jokes. <laughs> That's so funny, uh, all man. Right. I do forget that you have you have such a baby. And it's funny because yeah. I'm like Luke. A year ago, could podcast any time, day or night. Not really day, but anytime time at night. Luke now is like, I gotta be. Two part. years
0: ago, yes, we could at any point in time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, the old job. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, uh, I, I. Yeah, I, I love new Luke.
0: I love well, Luke. Thank you. I love Dad Luke. Dad Luke's pretty. It's pretty cool. I just hung out with Everly for a bit today, and it was really nice. Just, just held her and we just kind of hung out and she, and uh, she doesn't like to fall asleep while you are holding her. She's, I think she's going to be a really, g- I, I'm doing this thing where, um, uh, like all, I heard like all of you guys talk about how you sell your kid. You can, you can um, look back on your kids when, you know, the first during their first only year of life, you could um, see their personality, even then. Yeah. So everything that she does, I'm like, is this you? Is this a, what you're going <laughs> to be like? And You're um, manifesting. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing traits. Um <laughs> she like she's like when she dude, you I need to send you on one of it like this one video of when she wakes up. It like you will have flashbacks to me in college or me in any hotel that we've gotten over the past <laughs> five five years. It's just it's like, what why oh god, just so angry to be awake, like so unbelievably angry and just confused.
1: <laughs> Why is this happening to my face right now?
0: Yeah, I said I actually uh sent a picture of her to my like old to my um uh, old admin from the school in Idaho where I was like, "Do you remember when I used to show up very very late to work cuz I stayed up too late or something? <laughs> this is what I'm sure I looked like." <laughs> baby and like, all right Luke, before, and the all. Bell, oh, uh, before the bell Before the was about to ring. But yeah, I think she's going to be very um here's my hunch. I think she has Aaron's independence cuz she doesn't like she likes to be held but she doesn't want to fall asleep in in your arms or anything. Um so which is very much like a me thing. I feel like I'd be very I you know I'm very much a cuddler. Uh and and, and like Aaron kind of isn't nor is Everly. And but she has my like loudness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but like if she like if she's upset, she will let you know immediately. That's so funny. That's something like so she'll just like going ah ah like that. <laughs> so funny.
1: Yeah. None of my girls or my girls were the fastest to not cuddle. My boys, not at all. Like they loved it. It's
0: they still are like that. It's so it's funny. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. She. I mean, she's only fallen asleep. In my arms, past I'm um, being an infant where she just sleeps all the time. I think once. Doesn't that feel great though? When she does, isn't that? It the was best pretty awesome. It was yeah. It was pretty cool. She was just kind of. She just like it was yeah. It was really nice. They're I all like just... nuzzled
1: in, and you got your arms around her, holding the Xbox controller with the television on mute.
0: I <laughs> know. I've got my AirPods in and my DVC Points podcast going. It's wonderful. <laughs> I have like a old a strategies. We're gonna get a ho- We're gonna we're gonna buy into a hotel that's close to the Magic um, Kingdom from when they're five to eleven. After that, hopefully, we will have more kids. After that, then we're gonna get one that's more closer to Epcot. It'll be very cool. <laughs> I love it. Just I love the, the strategy, strategy
1: yeah. and tactics. Yeah. Can right. you conceal carry in Epcot? No, I'm just
0: asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. And on
1: that note, Catchy Foxes would like to thank our 400 sponsors that somehow came out <laughs> of the woodwork. We got Stereo.com
0: <laughs> slash Gomer.
1: Got, we got,
0: uh, what,
1: what is the other next thing
0: one? I need to add to it. Uh, okay, so for this episode, we like <laughs> to thank, well, let's assume it's a BetterHelp episode. Oh, yeah, BetterHelp.com like th- slash Foxes. We'd like to thank the good people over at... At the Stereo app You can uh, um, uh, follow me on Stereo At Luke Carey And follow um, Gomer at Gomer?
1: Yeah, it's Stereo.com slash Gomer Stereo.com slash Luke Carey It'll take you directly to our page You click download the app And it'll credit us and you get the app, and you can join us Sunday nights at nine
0: for a fun live after the party show. 10, you need to think in terms of Eastern time, 10
1: Eastern Standard Time, nine central. <laughs> this is if,
0: okay. Do uh, you know, like you remember how we have this one, we had a one, we had this one question where it said, like, what is this one pet peeve that you have of. Um, like uh, like the other person. Yeah. Here's my answer for you. Whenever you tell the time to anyone on the podcast, you always do it in central time, which is the least referred to time of any of the time zones. <laughs> yes, because my time zone is the best. <laughs> no one thinks in terms of central time. <laughs> no, no,
1: no one does. But, you know, it's not too late like the East, not too early like the West. It's
0: just right. No, the best time is... Uh-uh, mountain time, mountain time is by far the best time false though. false no because you get everything sports is at the perfect time. It's not too early it's not it's not too late. it's wonderful. Well, I guess I hate you now, and I want to cancel
1: you out of my show' because we did
0: <laughs> your show, pretty sure that I own Damn the, it. I own half of it. You're all of it. What am I talking about? This is your <laughs> yeah. world, Luke, I just live in it. Exactly. You're just uh, making all of the money and now you're a gold status on United because of it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Let's let's talk about how ADHD screwed that one up. I could not bring myself <laughs> to pay the credit card bill. <laughs> Good Lord. So many fees. What is wrong with me?
0: I love you. I really I don't. do. I do
1: um,
0: Please give us money because we desperately need to keep doing this and pay off things. Uh, on oh, last com. one. Last one. Oh. Matt, Matt Martinuson. Yes. Over Matt, at
1: the com, You got to check out uh,
0: their virtual card game. Bam. Oh, and we have another ad. Our friend Tom is doing some stuff. I need to double check that. It's been a crazy few weeks. Is that this week? No, I might be. So Gosh, we gotta cut things... this shit to sixty seconds.
1: <laughs> no, we don't. It's they're fine. so annoying when they're three minutes long. People, and we have. No, four of them. People
0: love our craziness. People this is skip what
1: they... our craziness. No, they don't. Yes, they. They listen once, they chuckle, and then they never listen again.
0: Do you know who? Who is who? Who has? I'm told you that
1: uh, about four uh, <laughs> the youth ministers I was talking to. In, oh, who uh, gives a
0: shit what a youth minister thinks?
1: Uh, they are literally three-fourths of our audience, so I do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Try a
0: different profession. <laughs> I Get a so. real... I'm just kidding. I'm very much just kidding. I was I was you. I am you. We, I am you, and you, you are... I'm just kidding. I'm, just, that's, that I'm was editing hard. all that out. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, cut all that out. Uh, <laughs> you fucking nerds. <laughs> um patreon.com slash cf we've done a great job
1: of not updating it at all this past two weeks why do i get constant emails
0: then from people responding to posts oh because i just put up random stuff like isn't mad fred great after i was i'm um, listening to a men at work song <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful that's beautiful all right yeah. luke all
1: right you have a good night man
0: i gotta wait hold on a second i gotta, I gotta get out of the bed i'm lying down <laughs> give me a second oh shit
1: Five, four, three, two. No, I I'll don't, wait. I'll I don't wait. want to
0: pull anything if I move too fast. <laughs> my poor ab. <laughs> okay, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, I don't
1: know if I'm doing this right, but um, I have a question. I joined a little bit late, um, but I'm interested to know if, um, well, really my question is, what is you all's uh, favorite... Drink, like I know you guys mentioned a White Russian in a previous uh, podcast episode. So, um, anyways,
0: that's my question. Nice, that's a that's a great question. Um, for me, I am I'm gonna go with like a drink. You I think you have to make as opposed to like a wine, beer, or liquor. So for me, it's still my favorite is an Old Fashioned, but a really good dry martini would be a close second. Uh, yeah, I was watching uh, the Two Towers with my daughters
1: there's a part where the dwarf is drinking a bunch of beer and it goes all over his beard and i just thought god i, I could really use an absurd <laughs> amount of beer and a giant stein again so i'm a beer guy i like the
0: lighter side of beer than i mean i'll, I'll drink a stout there's plenty of stouts that i'll drink they're not my go-to i need I'll to love- make you an. i can make a i make a really good old-fashioned so at some point in time i'll have to make that for you and see what you think yeah, I mean, you pretty, know, I do have that inner madman side of me that wants one. So. I just, I, I, there is something about when you have a nice pair of pants, a bun-down shirt, and a tie, and you've got, like, a stiff-toned drink and, like, a, and a cool yeah. glass, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. So me and Shannon, from our wedding, we have a monogrammed,
1: these monogrammed crystal, uh, whatever you call them, what do they call it, called, tumblers? So when I started making the white Russians for New Year's Eve, I was like, you know what? I'm getting out the nice glass. But I only did that like three times. And then because the volume wasn't enough. So then I got like a milk cup
0: filled it with ice. Went from there. Do you know what I what I t- took away from your guys' wedding? What's that? An image of Shannon's mom. Okay. I'm looking for recommendations on some sort of Sunday school curriculum I can implement for my kids in the absence of our parish being able to offer anything right now, ranging from ages 5 to 16. Help. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most Catching Foxes thing ever, where I just made a comment about Shannon's mom 90 seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.